Welcome to the Sunday Morning Meeting Podcast from Kingdom of Faith Yorkshire. Today's message is by Kate Abel. Thank you. Um, first of all, I just want to wish Happy Mother's Day to all you mums out there, especially the ones of you that still have children at home. But also a Happy Mother's Day to all you aunties out there. And all you stepmums out there. And all you daughters out there. And all you wives out there. And I think all the guys would like to join with me to say thank you. We love and appreciate the women in this church. So thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. Okay, well, it's become kind of a bit of a tradition for me to speak to you when I've actually, I've been seriously ill. So we're carrying on in that tradition today. Um, There's also been a tradition that I'm trying to support by actually having a Sunday school song each time I speak. And I I was terribly disappointed, the few of you that knew the last one, which was, if you think you're standing firm, be careful you don't. Oh, a few more of you know it. Woo! So I've gone for a more popular one this time. Because I feel like I was reaching too far back into, into Sunday school now. So today's is, oh, the rain came down and the floods came up. The rain came down and the floods came up. The rain came down and the floods came up. And the house on the rock stood firm. Thank you. Cool. So, and you know, that song isn't just about making the right real estate choices. You know, we live in a town of all towns that know the importance of having firm foundations. We live in a town at the moment that's having millions of pounds spent on it to shore up our cliffs and to give them the stability that they need. Because we know you can have a very pretty looking cliff, a very pretty green covered bank But if there's no firm firm foundation or no um, security under it, it will crumble and it will fall into the sea. And we know this. And, you know, it's the same for our lives. So we need to be those houses that are standing firm on that foundation of Jesus, on that foundation of his love and his truth. Not just for when storms come but for when he pours his spirit upon us and takes us into new times and new seasons. Obviously, the difference between the wise man and the foolish man, which actually Shona spoke about a couple of weeks ago, and Shona, that was just a great message. Thank you. Thank you for your wisdom and for your vulnerability in sharing. And I know it would have brought freedom to so many people if you you weren't here, you know, catch it again on the podcast because it was a great talk but yeah they both heard the words of Jesus but the wise man put them into action while the foolish man didn't so I became quite ill at the end of February and um, ended up in hospital and was diagnosed with acute kidney failure now your kidneys are obviously something you never think about um but they're really kind of important in your life. Well, I say you don't think about them. You don't think about them if they're working well. You start to think about them quite a lot when they stop working well. Kidneys are basically a filtering organ that filters um, your blood. So removing the toxins and the waste that's building up in your blood. They, they do other things. They, they, they're, they're to do with red blood cells and actually helping to control your blood pressure as well and keeping all your uh, chemicals in your body in order. But basically, they're a filtering and cleaning system. And so acute kidney failure is is when they're not working well enough to keep you alive. And your toxins and your waste products start to build. And unless there's a specific injury, this usually can happen very slowly. And in my case, it was a real gradual process where symptoms weren't really seen or recognized for what they were because they just became my normal. So I did have symptoms, but there was 
they, they were just, you know, gradually got worse and, yeah, just felt like that was my normal. Until suddenly, you're really sick. And I'm really reminded about Mark, because basically I was poisoning myself, and Jesus in Mark 7, and I'm going to put my Bible verses up on the screen because I never give you t- enough time to look them up. Um, and I've actually I'm, I've taken them from different translations. But yeah, I was really reminded of this verse, Mark 7. Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it's what comes out of a person that defiles them. Nothing had come into me to hurt me. I was doing a really good job myself internally. You know, and in the physical, my kidneys were, were, were really, were, was allowing my body to defile itself and to poison myself. And actually was bringing death and destruction into my life. And, and Jesus in this verse was, is saying, basically what you allow in your body, what you allow to fester within you, what you don't filter out, that defiles you and that poisons you and me. So what are we allowing in our lives? What are we giving permission to? What's defiling us spiritually, poisoning us spiritually, bringing death and destruction into our lives? And, you know, this happens in individual lives and this happens in a corporate life of a body. We've been learning recently about the importance of being community, of the importance of being connected together. You know, of that relationship of being joined together with the Trinity in that divine dance. It's because together we represent God and together we reflect God and join with him on his mission. He's the head and we are the body. And as the head, he holds us all together. And Colossians 1 says, And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. And then in Ephesians, the next one, says, We take our lead from Christ, who is the source of everything we do. He keeps us in step with each other. His very breath and blood flow through us, nourishing us so that we will grow up healthily in God, robust in love. As the head, Christ wants supremacy. And God also wants us to walk step in step with one another, robust in love, caring for one another, bearing with one another, championing one another. Standing firm and realising that our actions and words, whether good or bad, affect one another. There's a terrifying story in Joshua 7 about how the sin in the camp affected the whole nation. The story was that God had delivered Jericho into Joshua and the army's hand and they had a great victory. And God said to them quite clearly, you must take all the treasure and gold that you find and bring it to the house of the Lord. It's mine. Then a little while later, they went up against a much smaller town, the town of Ai. Many of you know this story. And they were completely defeated, completely routed. People were killed. They were chased away. And it says in Joshua that the heart of the people sank. And their hearts melted in fear and became like water. So Joshua inquired of the Lord and asked him what was going on. And the Lord showed him that one man, just one man, had taken some of this treasure for himself and hidden it under his tent. And that sin meant the whole of the nation couldn't move forward. That sin meant... They couldn't stand against their enemies. And the hearts of the people melted. They became fearful. One man's sin of keeping something in his life that he shouldn't have done brought destruction on the whole nation. 
the sin of one individual affects us all. And the poison not dealt with and toxicity left unchecked affects the whole body. Like the poison that was rushing through my body and been carried by my blood to every organ and every cell. It affects the whole and it's the same spiritually. These are new times. This is a new area. This is unprecedented times when God wants to take us off the map that we've walked before. He's asking us to step up and be determined, to pray for our town like we're desperate, to pray like we mean it, to be hungry and determined to see his will worked out in our lives so we can reach that community that Alex was speaking about. This is the time to have pure hands and a clean heart. Now, the result of all the toxins in my body that had built up meant that they had to be treated quite aggressively, quite intensively. Liters and liters of water had to just be rushed through my body to, to, to cleanse it day after day with an intravenous uh, saline drip, but also by my choice to drink liters of water every day. I needed to be like that wise man and not just hear that it was a good idea that I drank lots, but actually do it. Even when everything within me was like, I really don't want another glass of water. For me, it was quite painful because cannulas had to be put in my arms and and my veins kept collapsing and they kept having to change where they put the cannulas and they were having, I was having numerous blood tests. So um, my arms were really bruised, uh, so bruised they couldn't use them. Um, so they went to my wrists, then to the back of my hands. And then finally, they were actually taking blood from a vein in my foot because they couldn't actually use any other veins. And, you know, it can be a really painful process when we have to let go of things that we've held on to. It can be painful to acknowledge the stuff we've allowed in our lives and give them room to. And it can be pretty scary to say to the Holy Spirit, show me, pinpoint what's not of you in my life. Because some things become our normal. Things that can actually be poisoning us and be toxic within us can actually feel quite comfortable. They can be quite enjoyable. Let's be honest. We can be emotionally attached to them. They can make us feel safe and just be our normal and our natural. And they get to seem like it's really reasonable to have them. And it's just usual. So we live with it, and the sin and the toxicity keeps growing, and it keeps flooding our lives a little more and a little more each day until suddenly we're really sick. So we need to treat this poison aggressively. We can't be passive. We need to say to the Holy Spirit, take my lid off. Show me, pinpoint anything to me that's not glorifying you, God. Any sin any actions, any attitudes, any thought patterns, any motivations, any past, any hurts, any offences. We need to flood it with God's living water. I found a statement about kidney failure, which kind of works well, too, in this situation. If I can have the next slide, please. No. No, one, one, then. I shall just read it to you, sorry. It says, it is recommended that timely and effective treatment is sought. The earlier the treatment is sought, the less suffering and the better the prognosis. Treatment can seem invasive, but it's much better if that treatment is sought timely. The earlier the treatment is sought, the less suffering for you, for your families, for your friends and the better the outcome. Allowing God's pure and living water to flush through us so that we're washed in purity and truth. Being vulnerable enough and open enough to share with one another so we can get fully cleansed 
and start to live in freedom and victory. That's God's heart for us. To refine and transform our lives. Getting rid of the sin that so easily entangles by immersing us in his pure and living water. Flowing from his throne. Ezekiel 47 tells the prophetic picture of a river coming from the temple. From the very throne of God, it symbolizes God's presence. Flooding from his temple to the whole earth. And in Ezekiel's picture, um, the further away the river gets, the deeper it gets. It starts ankle deep, goes knee deep, goes waist deep, until it's so deep you have to swim in it. And that picture challenges us. How much do we trust God? How much are we willing to submit and surrender to his plans and his purposes, get into his river? Or do we want to keep some control? Are we happy just paddling and splashing about in the shallows? Or are we willing to go deeper? 22 years ago, I decided to become a born-again atheist. Um, I I wasn't particularly cross or offended with God. Um, I was very offended and cross with the church and church life. Um, It had become too much pressure. It was too difficult. People expected too much. And basically just the cost of church life was just too much for me. And um, this was kind of awkward because Paul not only was a head teacher at the time, but he was also the pastor of a church of about 90 people. So it was a little awkward in our situation that I'd actually had enough. But I'd allowed things to build up in my heart. I'd allowed toxic, toxic thoughts to build up in my heart. And, 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 yeah, each day they just got a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And I walked closer and closer to the bank until suddenly I was really sick and I wanted to throw in the towel on this Christian life business. What happened was I, uh, at faith camp, I spoke to Janet Dyke, who many of you know and know she's a very wise and great woman of God. She leads Kingdom Faith Worthing with her husband, Jonathan. And I, and I told Janet that I'd had it. I'd had it with this river of God. I'd had it even splashing about. I'd had it that I was actually going to come out of the river, go on the bank, um, dry my feet, spread some talcum powder, sprinkle some talcum powder, and um, put my shoes and socks on, and I was going home. And Janet, in her wisdom, said, um, okay, if that's what you really want to do, but you need to remember, the talcum powder is the devil's dandruff. which was a great picture that I still remember to this day. (laughs) Actually, to tell you the truth, at the time, um, my heart heart was so hard, I really didn't care. I said, you know, I don't mind, I can live with some devil's dandruff. Um, God turned it around three days later. He spoke to me so, so clearly and um, actually told me then that both Paul and I needed to go to Kingdom Faith Horsham's Bible College at Roffey Place. And the rest is history, as they say. So we're here. But we can choose to walk out of the river. We can choose just to paddle and play in the shallows. Or we can choose to trust God and go deeper. To submit and to surrender to his will. Give him full control. Be completely abandoned to his purposes. God doesn't want this Because he's being mean. He wants us to do it so he can pour his blessings upon us. Pour out his spirit extravagantly from us. But we need to be clean so we can hold it. We need to be clean so we won't be crushed or destroyed by it. Destroyed by pride. Or by taking glory onto ourselves that doesn't belong to us it only belongs to him he's a kind father God 
And he won't release anything to us as a body, corporately, if he thinks it will destroy us and we can't handle it. So this river is pure and it changes everything. It transforms completely from one degree of glory to another. And in Ezekiel 47, it says, verse 8, yeah, you've got to the next one. Could we go back one, sorry? Sorry, sorry. Oh, they've joined together. I see what the trouble is. Sorry. He said to me, this water flows towards the eastern region and goes down into the Jordan Valley where it enters the Dead Sea. When it empties into the sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. Salt water becomes fresh. Dead, toxic water becomes alive and living. Everything is cleansed. Everything is forgiven. You cannot pollute the water of God by anything that you've done. When we throw it off, every sin, every hurt, when we cast it off into his pure living water, into his flowing river, it will be purified and it will be gone forever taken completely downstream, out of sight, never to be seen again. So God's completely forgiven me for all those toxic thoughts I had 22 years ago. And for every thought, bad thought and bad action I've done ever since, when I've repented and given it to him. And it's completely out of his sight. Completely forgiven, completely forgotten. Ezekiel 47 verse 9 goes on to say, Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be larger numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Fishermen will stand along the shore. From Enogedai to El Elem, there will be places for spreading nets. The fish will be of many kinds, like the fish of the Mediterranean Sea. Then it goes on to Ezekiel 47, verse 12. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear fruit, because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will be served for food, and their leaves for healing. Amen. Here and now, this is the time when God's calling us to go deeper and to be those fishermen, standing together, working together on the banks, throwing our nets in to see salvation come to this town. Every month bearing fruit because the water from his sanctuary flows to us and through us. Jesus said in John 7, On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood up and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Come to me, all of you who are thirsty, and drink. Rivers of pure living water will flow from your life to the lives of your family, to your neighbours, to your friends, to this town. As it's been said before, it's not about the man on the stage anymore. It's about us as the body. Us as the body, working together, joining in that divine dance, joining in the missional work of God. But God wants a pure body, and he wants a clean body. Living in purity with his pure water rushing through us and pouring out of our lives, glorifying him and him alone. On the first Sunday of this year, Chris brought a prophetic prophetic word to us and challenged us. And I just want to read you my notes from that Sunday quickly. The more we step out, the more we will see. Cry out to me, and I will come. I will meet you immediately and urgently. 
We are born for a revival breakthrough for the gospel. It's going to be an urgency to preach the gospel with a sense of confidence in the British church to see signs and wonders following that preaching. We need to be set on fire for souls. Souls are the heartbeat of heaven. Our worship will be heard and known, an anointing to bring revival, breaking chains, breaking through, encountering God and healing in worship. Keep on, keep on. Press, press, pressing through. There's a seventh time. Like Elijah and his servant. Continue to pray to see the manifestation of the promise. Jeremiah says that the word of the Lord is a hammer. Use it. Use it. There's a powerful anointing to preach the gospel coming. People will be cut to the heart. Everything rides on the wings of prayer. This is the year of favour, the year of jubilee, the year of breakthrough. Jesus wept over Jerusalem and we need to pray and weep and cry out over our town. Feel as though we couldn't even continue living if it isn't changed. To see a breakthrough, we need to be passionate, we need to be determined. Hopes are rising, God wants to lift us up. He is the Prince of Peace. He wants to bring peace, breakthrough and healing. Hope deferred makes you sick. Unforgiveness is a blessing blocker. Disconnect yourself from the spiritual junk. Throw it in the river. Disconnect yourself. Throw it in the river. God's been telling us to do this for the last few months. This is a new era. This is a new time. This is an unprecedented time. This is the year of jubilee. This is the year of breakthrough. Whatever you want to call it, we need to believe and pray with faith. To be determined. To be those people who would cry out to see our town and our community change. From that challenge that poor man Waring gave us nearly two years ago. Maybe God's waiting for a group of people who would just cry out with a determination for this North Yorkshire seaside town. Zechariah 10.1 says, Ask the Lord for rain in the springtime. Have you noticed the daffodils? It's spring, everyone. It is the Lord who sends the thunderstorms. He gives showers of rain to all people and plants of the field to everyone. Ask the Lord for rain. Ask for his pure rain, his life-giving rain in the spring. He is the storm cloud maker. He is the one we look to. We seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and he will add it to us. He will add people to us because every street Every village, every town needs to become a lush field of fruitfulness with new life springing up. Oh, the rain came down and the floods came up. But the house on the rock stood firm. Stood firm in truth. Stood firm in love. Stood firm in prayer. Stood firm in purity. Stood firm in determination. Stood firm in connection. We're made up of body, soul, and spirit. And it may be a truth that you've noticed or not, but when the body and soul don't get enough attention, they really make themselves heard. It's true. You only need to fast to know how loud your body can be. Your body doesn't like being ignored. It doesn't quietly accept it. It knows when it's being deprived and it gets loud. And it's the same with our soul and our will. When we're asked to do something or challenged to do something that we don't really want to do, spectacular loud feelings can rise up within us. Now, obviously, we're British. <laughs> so outwardly, it can be... Oh, mm, thank you. Oh, yes, I'll, I'll think about it. Inwardly, 
What are they saying? I don't believe that they could even ask me that. I'm no way I'm doing that. Hell will freeze over before I even think about doing that. How controlling are they being? That's just religious. I'm free from all that. Obviously, outwardly, I'll pray about it. See what God's saying to me. God's saying, fast. God's saying, pray determinedly. God's saying, have a clean heart and clean hands and live in purity. Your spirit, on the other hand, goes really quiet when it doesn't get enough attention. It's a bit like the kidney failure. It creeps up on you. Just a little bit more each day. And the, and the symptoms aren't really recognised. You just get a little cooler, a little cooler. Start coming out of the river a little more, a little more. You stop going to God encounter. You don't use the prayer room. You don't read your Bible. You don't really pray. And it just becomes, you're normal. It feels safe. (laughs) It feels reasonable. It just becomes usual. Your spirit goes quieter and quieter until suddenly you're really sick. (laughs) Everybody's annoying you. You're picking up offences all over the place. You can't believe how annoying people have been. Have they really been that annoying all this time? No. Your spirit's being poisoned by the toxicity you've allowed to build up in your body. You're not swimming in that river anymore. Possibly you're even walking around with the devil's dandruff. You've allowed things by neglect to build up in your body. Now really is the time to look with honest eyes and allow the Holy Spirit to show each one of us what we're allowing to live within us. What are we really cohabitating with? What are we really bringing into God's presence when we come? What are we allowing to flood our lives by neglect, by oversight? Deliberately. Romans 2 says, Do the riches of his extraordinary kindness make you take him for granted and despise him? Haven't you experienced how kind and understanding he has been to you? Don't mistake his tolerance for acceptance. Do you realise that all the wealth of his extravagant kindness is meant to melt your heart and lead to repentance? Don't mistake his tolerance for for acceptance and allow his extravagant kindness to melt your heart. So you're brave enough to acknowledge what's really, really going on, what's really, really happening in your life. And allow him then to wash you clean. To give you that pure heart, that clean hands. Live in his will and his purpose. Philippians 2 says of Jesus. Who, being the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus made himself nothing. He emptied himself. He set aside all privilege, all status. He gave up his deity. He abandoned himself. He submitted and surrendered completely and swam in the depths of God's river and his father's presence. God chose, no, sorry, Jesus chose to have a God-willed heart. Jesus became human, and that, that's mind-blowing and jaw-dropping. God himself became human. But you know, for me, 
The miracle was, having become human, he chose daily to stay human. He chose to live a selfless life. He, he chose to live that obedient life. He chose to only say what he heard his father say and do what he heard his father tell him to do. And Jesus wasn't a robot. You know, he had a will and he was tempted in every way. In the garden, he cried out, not my will, but yours be done. He had a will, but he chose daily to live a different life. He chose to live God's life, God the Father's life. And even chose to die. An obedient and selfless death. And we need to choose to have God wills hearts. God willed desires. God willed motives. God willed thought patterns. God willed attitudes. God willed actions. God willed speaking. Because this is a new time. This is a new area. This is the year of jubilee. This is the year of breakthrough. When God wants to pour out his spirit so we can see those nets full. And we can see his harvest coming in. Romans 2 says, But when we do what pleases God, we can expect unfading glory, true honour, and a continual peace. Praise God. Oh, the rain's coming down, and the floods are coming up. Is our house standing firm? Is our house standing firm on the rock of truth, the rock of love, the rock of prayer, the rock of purity, the rock of submission, the rock of surrender? Being determined to be connected, being determined to be on that rock to see this town changed. rain's coming down and the floods are coming up. I pray that this house will stand firm. Um, Band, can I invite you up? Can I kind of like us to respond? So let's stand, please. Psalm 139 says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offense way in me and lead me to the way everlasting. Father, Father, I give you permission to search me and show me anything that's in my life that I'm living with that's not of you so I can turn from it and cast it into your living water that it can be completely transformed Father flood each one of our lives with your life giving water Father no more paddling no more standing on the bank no more wandering in and out no more just going through the motions or pretending No more hiding, Father. Give us the boldness to be vulnerable and honest enough to share with one another and cast away anything that's not of you. Make our salty water fresh. Make our dead, toxic water alive, Father. Thank you for your riches of your extraordinary kindness. May we never see your tolerance as acceptance. Let your extravagant kindness melt our heart and lead us to repentance, to purity, to freedom. Melt our hearts so they become God-willed hearts. God-willed desires, God-willed motives, God-willed thought patterns, God-willed actions, God-willed attitudes. Make us thirsty, Lord. Make us desperate for your living water. Father, that we would drink so deeply of you that we couldn't live without the hunger to see your life-giving water flow out of each one of us to reach this town. We cry to you, the storm cloud maker. We cry to you for the rain to drench this town. We cry to you for the rivers to flood every street, every church, every business.
every school, every nursery, every entertainment place, every home, every man, every woman, every child, to see your transformation, to see your salvation, to see your life manifest, to see your goodness, your kindness, your gentleness, your faithfulness, your love, your joy, your peace, your patience and your self-control manifest within us, Father God, to see your glory manifest. Father, Father, that you alone would be glorified. Here and now, pour it out, pour it out. Let your love run over. Spirit come, Spirit come. Here and now, in North Yorkshire, in this seaside town of Scarborough. Because of your extraordinary kindness, because of your great mercy, because of your extravagant grace, pour it out. transforming us, enabling us. Pour it out. Pour it out. Thank you, Jesus. Pour it out. this is a river you'll go with the river you won't have any choice as long as you can touch the bottom or hold on to the bank you're saying yeah I like being in the river this is good Holy Spirit you just keep in control are you willing to let go and let God have complete control and I've heard that and this kind of a call before and responded to something similar the only difference I believe that God has for us today is that this isn't a respond or this isn't a a call to us in our individual walk with God it's a call as the body to jump in together and just go and let God take us been a lot of things where we've said we're giving God permission, the Holy Spirit permission, and this is like taking it to another level of permission, isn't it? So that's okay. I'm just going to go deep to where I'm no longer in control, and all I can, all the, where I go is where the Holy Spirit just takes me. But then it becomes we are just going to go where the Holy Spirit is going to take us as the body and that I believe is actually a big difference to many times when I've you know there's been many things where people said let's jump in the river but this isn't just about me this is about us the body of Christ and maybe you're not a very good swimmer but that's kind of the whole point tell you what if God doesn't save us when we all jump in we're going to drown ready to fling yourself into the river so that you will drown unless God saves us God's grace is what saves us so we'll play on but this whole area is not going to be any prayer ministry or anything but this whole sort of area down at the front here this is the river from the hub to the doors if you want to jump in as the body together 
and just say, God, we're going to drown without you. It's up to you now. And we'll all just stand along the front here together. No ministry, just we're just going to let God be God. And stop trying to hold on to the banks and certainly not use the devil's dandruff. That's the response. You might not be ready for that. That's fine. We still love you. But all all that are ready, let's come and stand together just as we sing this song. Let's do it. sound just come if there's any problems it doesn't matter hallelujah let's just stand together hallelujah Jesus, we're standing here together as the body of Christ right now to say we just want to be in this river to go flowing together with you in the Holy Spirit. We're just, that's it, Lord. We're going to drown without you. Hallelujah. You placed us together, Lord, and we'll do whatever you call us to do together. Some of us will go to other places and some of us will be here for a very long time. But Father, right now we are together and we are in the flow. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Just give your personal response as part of this family, as part of this community. Thanking God that he's called you to be part of it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, I thank you that it's not an exclusive group and that there's going to become many others that come and jump in the river. And Father, anybody, and I can't see because I've got my back to everybody. Father, anybody that's in this room that's not joined us right now, Father, we just pray for them too. That they'll come a place where they can feel part of this family and part of this group. That we can go forward together. And we love those that are not yet in that place. We love you too. And we just pray that you will come to a place of feeling you're part of this family, part of this community, and you just want to jump in where your feet can't touch the bottom anymore. That none of us are in control of our lives or our lives together. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, that You've called us together to be family. And Father, we also recognize there are those that are not here this morning or those that are working with the children right now that would be standing here. And Father, we just welcome them in as part of this in the spirit, Father. If they were here, we know they'd be standing with us. So Father, we thank you for that. And the children that would identify as being part of this church, Father, we thank you for them. Hallelujah. In one sense, standing here means nothing, and in another, it means everything. It means everything in the sense of we've declared our intention before God. It means nothing in the sense of what really happens. What really matters is what happens next, isn't it, as we 
continue the adventure together. That, that commitment to love one another, care for one another, be, be there for one another, bear with one another. All the one another's of the Bible. And knowing that by the love we have one for another, people will know that we are disciples of Jesus. Hallelujah. The days of just doing your own thing and hanging out at the back. Well, that's the beginning of toxins and you need to let them go. Just let the fresh water flow through your heart, through your body. So that the water that flows out from us, as Jesus said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for the hundreds and then thousands of people that are going to be in this river with us. And Father, we thank you that you've called us to be there for one another in order to glorify the name of Jesus and in order to see your kingdom come, your will be done here in this town as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com forward slash Yorkshire.